Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. And what you can hear behind you is Bergamo. But uh, we are here discussing the world of cycling once again in what's happened in the week and just pondering over what might happen next week as well. As always, I can't do this on my own. Uh, I'm joined by Patrick Blake of Audu Cycling and Mr. Crow himself, Ewan Wilson. And I mean, guys, this week has been, yeah, not bad, to be honest, considering the hectic one we had last week. Yeah, it kind of feels like uh, at this point cycling starts to sort of die down a little bit, but it's been a very interesting week, all in all. Like, the Italian races are just really cool ones to watch, and I think it's, you know, you're definitely a cycling nerd, I think, if you're still hanging around at this point of the season. And I don't think that the Italian race is disappointed. They each sort of brought their own little unique, like, victors to it, and I, I really enjoyed them. I think there was a great a great week to sort of round off the kind of what a lot of people deem to be sort of the traditional cycling season, even though there are still races still to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not as hectic as before. There's no talks about mergers anymore. And we have an answer to the Roglic debate. So with that, I'm quite happy. It's uh, the dust is settling. I mean, we might as well start with the Yumbo Amazon merger not happening. What did you guys make of that? Kind of relief to many cycling fans. And yeah, but it, it's kind of just kicked down the line in a way. Yeah, so this was like confirmed by the Dutch language press that the merger between Sudal and uh, Visma is not going to be happening anymore. Uh, the writers haven't really been commenting, but apparently the merger's broken down. Since we last uh, recorded last week, there was a UCI decision saying that, yes, if this were to happen, we'd just carry on with 17 more tour teams. And it felt like everyone was bracing for impact. Roglic had moved. And we were talking about Remco moving teams as well. But uh, it seems as though the merger is not happening. And Remco, after Ilan Badia, uh, said that the, the the merger talks seem to be um, seem to be sort of uh, hot air at this point. Um, so that has happened, and as well, we believe that the Amazon sort of money is also not on the table anymore. So you know, Visma don't have a merger, and they also don't have Amazon money. They still need to find a sponsor somewhere. As if that all just in the space of a week, cycling went from complete hype to just complete just it's like you know, pew tumbleweed going across the screen. Like, it just feels... I, I hoped that the Amazon thing would happen. You know, we talked a lot about how what kind of things that might mean for the future of the sport, and I kind of wished that it would happen. There's no t- telling that it might not happen in the future, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed by that, but the Sudal thing, I'm glad that didn't happen. I think that would just... I don't think that would have been good for the sport to have such a dominant team, and yeah, I'm glad that Sudal Quickstep kind of remained their own thing. Especially, since, did you guys see the like social whoever the social media manager was for Sudal Quickstep? They went off on like some mad historical Twitter thread. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but that was just I don't even know. I didn't bother reading through it all, but I don't know. That, that was just a really chaotic thing. But yeah, I'm glad that Sudal Quickstep re- retained their identity, I suppose, because they have been a long time player. In the, in the sport and it would be a shame to kind of seen them not like lost but kind of uh, diluted I guess and, and the more details we're getting it seemed more like a hostile takeover where there's only going to be six spots for Sudal riders at Sudal Visma Visma Sudal whatever it's whatever it going to be called there were talks about Eve Lampard moving across and a couple of other guys yeah I mean I'm quite glad it's not happening 
And uh, we can all go back to sort of talking about Gleb Siritsa and Alexey Lutsenko all day long. You almost won the first stage of uh, Tour of Turkey as well. Jasper Philipsen taking that. But yeah, Amazon not delivering for once. Yay! <laughs> I no, I've that. ordered I stuff from Amazon that hasn't delivered before. Um, <laughs> I blame UPS, every Hermes, whatever you want to call them, courier companies all across the world. Please don't sue us. Other courier companies are available. All I'm saying is that you should use an Amazon locker. And I'm glad these discussions have been kept inside that Amazon locker, never to be opened again. Yeah. Honestly, Scott, how long have you been holding on to that joke? Uh, I, yeah, I was literally thinking about that for a very long time. <laughs> but do you think Florence Seneschal moving to IKS Amsic, he was doing it on the back of this maybe happening? Or what do you think? That probably happened beforehand. Um, his results weren't sort of living up this year. He's very close to, to Fabio Jakobsen. They, they, they were very close uh, over the past couple of years. I, I assume they still are. From like 2019 onwards, they're very, very good friends. And um, Jakobsen's leaving. Seneschal probably thought, my time is up as well. Cavagna, we believe, is leaving as well. And they also had their, their announcement video. Like when they did the Demar announcement video, it was done on his phone, which seemed very last minute. Whereas the Seneschal announcement video was like actually in northern France on the cobblestones, like where Seneschal grew up. So I feel like there's a little bit more sort of an effort put into to put into that one but it's really cool to see Seneschal move over to Arkea finally looking more like a World Tour team and speaking of Arkea Demar took his first win in Arkea Colors this week as well well talking about Jumbo Visma we might as well talk about Primoz Roglic riding his last race at Il Lombardia we could discuss Il Lombardia Tadipagata third victory Roglic on the podium but well Roglic no longer Jumbo Visma rider in the next coming year, we've spoken about a lot on Deschlong. We spoke about it on the second day, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah, it seems confirmed now. Uh, Roglic moving to Bora Hansgrohe, and yeah, what do you guys think the future with Bora Hansgrohe is going to look like for Primus Roglic? I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I'm happy to see that he's moved to Bora. I know that I was sort of on the side of I think Ineos made more sense, but I guess looking back on it, I think Borg is quite a cool one. They pick him up for I think it's like a two year deal when he's still like in the good kind of like very competitive years of his career. You know, give somebody for Borg to sort of rally around. I know, sorry, Ewan, but you know, Vlasov wasn't quite cutting the mustard. Ita Brooks and Vlasov have apparently clashing heads. So I feel like Bohr was, you know, they had Hindley and that success with him at the Giro, but I think that it's cool that they've got this big talent in there for this kind of big GC push at the at the tour. Because obviously they're kind of sprinting prowess. I know they did win on the Champs Elysees, but with kind of Bennett kind of fading out, I think they needed that new focus. And I think that Roglic is going to provide that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Bora are going to do with him next year because I think it should be very successful. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for this one. Bora have been stepping up as a GC team and Roglic really, he's their first Galactico uh, GC rider and it'll be interesting to see how they take him, seeing Sasha Vlasov maybe ride as a luxury domestique or these other riders really slot into a Grand Tour squad. I think it's looking really, really good. Also, I mean, this has been years in the making. Bora Hansgrohe, well, Bora Argon almost got their hands on Roglic back in 2015-16. Um, they were in the hunt to get him when he transitioned, well, when he sort of uh, made a splash at Andrea Mobile and was supposed to be moving uh, across the World Tour or the Pro Continental level. It was between Bora, Argon and Jumbo Visma. Jumbo Visma won the battle then. So Ralph Denk has had a long sort of connection with Roglic ever since he was uh, 
sort of arising star in cycling. So this one is it's not just appeared and it seems like the talks about this were happening before the merger, maybe linked to the Vuelta Espana. There are also rumors about Ralph Denk and Roglic meeting halfway, what, well, midway through the season as well to talk about the future. So that definitely points towards there being a longer term project. And Roglic has been over to Salzburg uh, to the Red Bull training center as well since then. Red Bull, heavy, heavy um influence in this deal and also importantly i think uh, one thing we need to talk about in terms of the staff coming across is that Roglic's coach is coming across from Jan Visma, who's also the coach for Wout van Aert. So that might also uh, be a crucial sort of change in in the next year we often see sort of staff members can really change up teams uh, and I mean, we talk about equipment, but there's also similarly staff members. For instance, Antomarche made some really, really good stuff um, transfers last year, and it was really fruitful for them. Maybe uh, Wout and Roglic's coach moving over to Bora Hansgrohe could um, could change the game over there. Um, what that means for Wout, we don't know, but Roglic is uh, he's got a tight knit squad over there. And uh, we'll see how he goes at Bora, probably leading the Tour de France next year. That is their big project. Is he going to win the Tour de France next year? Obviously, Vingo Pogaccia, he still needs to beat them. So given their squad, we kind of did a vague Tour de France team over on the second Dane video. Who was it that's no longer in the team that you put in the team? Yeah, that was Patrick Conrad. Yeah, uh, yeah, wishful um, thinking. He's I mean, a little track next year. Whoops. Um, but... They should have kept him. Uh, well, now, in hindsight, they should have kept him, but... Yeah, he's been with the team for a long time. I wanted some change, but yeah, in hindsight, he would have been a really, really useful uh, domestique. Maybe I mean, is there any are there any climbers left on the market? Rui Costa can't get a contract for next year, so maybe they they try to fork out for Costa for him to be a to be a luxury domestic. Well, not even luxury to be a domestique for next year. Um, yeah, it's. We'll see if Bora make any last-minute transfers. They've also got a really good youth program and young riders coming through. It's just hard for them to sort of slot into that role as 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 a as a sort of domestique in the mountains. Um, they've also lost Fabro, who is another really good domestique. He's heading over to Aola Cometa, so it's it's almost a shame that Bora didn't have the height like the hindsight to know the whole way through this transfer season to keep these guys. But they've still got a really really good squad to uh, to help Roglic. I would say probably be the third strongest squad in next year's Tour de France. Yeah, I think Roglic's got a great chance of a podium for win. I mean, all it takes just for like, you know, we saw this year, Pogaccia's prep wasn't brilliant. You know, Roglic, I would argue, like on good form, would have come, definitely come second at this year's tour. All it takes is just for like Jonas or Pog to be slightly below par or for some bad luck to happen. I'm not saying that I want that to happen, just saying that it can happen. You know, there's no reason why Roglic couldn't be able to win the tour with one or two things that go his way next year, which don't go in favour of Pogaccio and Jonas. Like, at the end of the day, Roglic is not some second-tier GC rider. He is one of the favourites. Like, he is a Grand Tour winner this year. He's a podium contender, even with the best. And, you know, he's not, like, he's, he's not bad, let's put it that way. Like, he could certainly, uh, it'll be really interesting to see, actually, that now that we've got this Galacticos rider gone to another team, like a team which doesn't have a Galacticos rider, how that's going to fit in. Are we going to have this other team coming into it? And I really like that. And I, I like that it's not just UAE versus Yumbo. I like there's going to be another team in the mix there. I think it's going to be better for the sport and more interesting to watch next year, the tour, than it has been the last couple of years where it's just been kind of two teams going at it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what that dynamic is going to be like. 
It's going to be a bit of a pain for like thumbnails, though. How are we going to do like split it up in threes? Because it, it was quite easy with twos, like head to head, but threes is going to be a bit more difficult, I think. Oh, no, we can do that. We can do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. Uh, but also, I mean, talking about luck, Roglic is always in the side of bad luck. You say, is it is a bad luck if his bike handling is poor or whatever? But um, he's crashed an awful lot in the Tour de France in the past. But next year, there's it's going to be quite a unique route. We end with a time trial and um, we're going to have mountains very early on the Alps in the first week of racing. There's also, we believe, going to be a gravel stage as well. So that really could throw things up in the air. How is Jonas going to react to that one? We know today is really, really good at the gravel. Maybe the gravel stage means nothing um, in the grand scheme of things. But if, if Roglic has like all the right circumstances, he certainly could... Uh, certainly could win next year's Tour de France. It's just looking as, a, as though like Jonas particularly, but Pog and Jonas are just sort of stratospherically above everybody else. But if anybody were to rival these two, it would be Roglic. It'd be intriguing to see how Roglic rides against Jonas, given that he is his teammate and also was like his mentor through 2019 and 20, and to some extent 2021. He's, he's going to be like a little insider. He's going to be telling all the guys at Bora, him and Maxi Schachmann are going to be having big sort of deep like plotting sessions with a big notebook open with all of like Jonas's deepest and darkest secrets. <laughs> Maybe on the bike, he knows something Jonas doesn't know, like... <clears throat> Jonas Mingo is actually he really hates the smell of pineapples and then you're going to see Bob Jungles open up a Ish. can a tin of pineapples Ish. in the face of Jonas Mingo and Jonas is like ah I hate the smell and then he's like gonna I don't know he can't he can't ride to victory or whatever you know we haven't seen it before whereas I mean a little bit when Richie Port moved but Richie Port wasn't really a legitimate Grand Tour winner whereas Rocco truly is place in 2020 okay you still owe your bet oh, from that, by the that's way. That's not winning. That's not winning, exactly. Um, but but like having a teammate move across to another team, like when it's literally two of the best, like two of the top three riders in the world, or top four, rank over Nepal as well. It'd be intriguing. Patrick touched on it before as well. Okay, Roglic goes to the Tour de France. Jad Hindley to the Giro and then Roglic probably gets the Welter as well. What happens to Outerbrooks and Vlasov in this equation? Outerbrooks shouldn't do the Tour de France next year, I don't think. Yeah, but is he oh. going to Ineos now? Is he going to be leaving because of that spat with Vlasov? And it was mentioned beforehand as well, earlier this year, that he was saying that he might move teams in the years to come. He's not going to sign his life away, which I think is actually quite a smart thing to do for young, for young riders to not sign your life away. Because we see a lot of these young riders do that. Uh, if, if they don't get the results, it doesn't quite make sense for them. It's worked with a lot of riders, but like for instance, Ayuso signed up till 2027. It might have been wise in hindsight to just have a s shorter contract in, in case he wants to move teams. But for Erta Brooks, I, I really, I, I don't know. He's a smart guy. We'll see what he does. Uh, moving to Ineos could make sense, but why would he want to jump onto a dying horse, you know? They need him desperately. <laughs> I mean, I think Eidsbrooks would make sense at Bora. Like, look back to the Vuelta. What was Eidsbrooks' big weakness? Was his time trialing? Like, he shipped big time on that TT. He lost more time on Landa did on that stage 10 TT. And we know how good Ineos are with their TT knowledge to go. You know, Bingham is the TT guru nowadays. Ghana, Tarling, G. Like, they're, they're 
time trialing expertise is almost unrivaled. And you could say that Heidsbrook's moving there might make more sense than staying at Bora. But that's a whole different kettle of fish. That's just my two cents on it. As you can see behind me, if while on the podcast is getting ever dark here <laughs> in Bergamo about a bit over 24 hours ago. Tadabagacha took his third monument. Very impressive, even cramping up. We talked about it over on the recap on the second day in extra. But I mean, yeah, Tadabagacha winning third in a row, like not really something that happens every year. But the big question always is with these kind of monuments, is he going to be able to rival the greats? Is he going to be able to basically win the ones he's remaining of Parube and Milan San Remo? He showed he won Ronde van Vlaanderen this year. 2021, he won Liège, Bastogne Liège, but he's just missing those two. He is so different from the traditional Tour de France rider we've had of the uh, 2000s, 2010s. And uh, yeah, what is your two cents on this? Will we see him complete his monument palette of two, uh, in 2024? Roubaix is the one I just think is so hard for him to get we saw on at the couple stage at the 2022 tour de france he certainly could be up there in, in contention it's just such a huge risk with, with the calendar he has focusing on, on the tour de france we saw that even this year at liege baston at liege the fact that he was focusing on the classics then with that crash put his tour de france preparation at risk if there was a year where he was like you know what i'm gonna do something else maybe not focus on the tour de france as much then maybe he, he could go to Roubaix and try to try to win that one but just with the with the risk of crashes and and the the, the physiological damage that that can come from uh from Paris-Roubaix, I think that one's just going to be almost too hard to win uh and also not many people win it on debut I know Sonny Cobrelli did in, in the COVID one in 2021 but that's relatively rare you'd probably have to do it maybe once or twice beforehand before realize I mean I say that he did. He came top five in his debut round of Avlandelen, and he is Tadej Pogacar. Maybe he does just jump straight into it and, and, and contend for the win. But for him to do it, maybe two, three seasons before winning it, it's it, it's a big sacrifice on his calendar and the risk factor of competing in that race. And then with Sandremo, I mean, we've we've seen him try. He's been up there in lightning hot form last year, in particular in 2022, after winning Strada Bianca, looked in, like he was in incredible form, and. It just didn't happen for him. He attacked, 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 but I just don't think the route is very, it just doesn't quite suit Pogacar. He needs to sort of get rid of everybody else before the end. He could certainly do that, but the Chiprasa is no sort of, it's no Alp. It's no Paso de Ganda like, like we saw in Lombardia. It's it's short and we've seen sprinters and Van der Poels and Van Arts able to hold on. If Pogacar can get rid of them and the stars align, 100% he could win that or he goes into a sort of reduced sprint with be Alaphilippe or, well, sorry, Alaphilippe of old. Um, but like that kind of type of rider who's a puncher that I think Pogacar can out-sprint, then maybe it'll it'll all work out. But I just think these are, evidently, these are the two hardest ones for him to win. But Roubaix, in terms of that risk, really just makes it unattractive to to believe that the five monuments is, le- is legitimately a target of his. I do agree with that. I'm trying to think of the two, which do I see Pogacar winning first? I don't really know. MSR is just, like you say, like it's just a bit of a lottery. Like it's just a bit of a risk. Like they're just kind of, yeah, like you, you spin a wheel and, you know, maybe you do an attack and it works. Maybe you, like Van der Poel attacked this year and it worked. Like he just went solo. What if that was Pogacar? Like he could, he could, in theory, I think, do something similar to what Van der Poel did this year, to what Mahoric has done in 2021 or whatever. 
I'd like, I, I just, I, I think it could happen. Um, Roubaix, I think, is going to take time, like Ewan says. I think he needs to actually do it. But for that, he needs to put the tour aside. But he surely won't allow that for now because Pogaccio is the guy for the tour. Like, he's their best chance. You know, guys like Ayuso need time, I think. Um, so whether it'll be like they, they essentially need a Yuzo to come up to a level where he's competitive with Vingegaard, where Pagatra is then let free to be allowed to do a bit more of a risky spring classics campaign. I think that's the where it will happen. So I think it's maybe a matter of time. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if Pagatra did win Roubaix. I think of all the riders in the Peloton, Pagatra is most likely to be the person who is, who wins all five. But I just don't think it's going to happen in the next two years. You know, maybe maybe he reforms himself. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he'd like, so I'm fed of being a GC rider now. I'm going to go full classics. Gets to like, you know, 20, 28 or something and Pogaccio's just now a full-blown classics star, basically. It's just like he's just sacked off the tour. Yeah, I, I think it's possible that he can do it, but yeah, it's just going to take, I just think, a little bit of time. He's just going to keep going for MSR, I think. I think it could fall his way just one time. You never know. And Roubaix, I think he's, again, he's just got to keep, I think he's actually got to do it, but to do that, you have got to let him lose. I mean, Nibali's won Milan San Remo. We gotta yeah. believe that um, that Pogaccio could, um, but I think just at the moment there are so many riders with such like like excellent kicks who can still climb, like your Vanderpools, like your Van Arts. But they're also three three years older than Pogaccio. They're gonna start aging. But then Anna Deli is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anna Deli's of the world. Your insert big wonder kid names um who are also sort of yeah joining the frame but yeah it it wouldn't be shocking if he did win both you know like at this point i feel like nothing is really shock shocking me about about pogacha but if he were to sort of if he were to so all five monuments up would that sort of set him out as the best rider that well the second best rider in the history of professional cycling behind eddie max he still needs the five and uh, the five tour de france i think and he hasn't won the giro or the welter like bernard Eno famously just well one time he just got off his bike at paraubeck he couldn't, couldn't be bothered to win it but he's won it before he hasn't won a worlds either so there's a lot of things he still needs okay, to pick up. Okay, yeah, fair. Maybe that's just recency bias. Regular Mond as well. He still hasn't got three, so... Yeah, I think he will win a Giro, but, like, I mean, that's a different discussion. That's not about about, about, about the five monuments. Do you actually think he's going to win Bay? He has never done Bay, so... In that case, I'm just going to say no, because he is also a Grand Tour contender, and Grand Tour contenders yeah. just don't do Bay. It's true. And, some, I mean, sometimes they do Ronda. We see Nibali, Barberde... Balde, they've all done sort of in the past. Yeah, Pog- yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like in terms of, it wasn't like abnormal for him to do Ronda. 
it would be abnormal if he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to Roubaix. Grand Tour contenders just don't do that. I, I, I'm not accepting Bradley Wiggins as an answer. Geraint Thomas? That was before his Grand Tour transition, though. Maybe, maybe Pog has the reverse transition, where he began That's life as a Grand Tour contender. That's the Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. But as, as starting life as a Grand Tour contender, then going into the classics. Wiggins got a top 10 in Roubaix. He was hardly like, he was hardly Fabian Cancellara. Whereas Pogacar is a guy you probably could if you if if you wanted to. And we saw that at, at the cobble stage, yeah, a couple of years back. We was right up there, really sort of aggressively riding, but those level of cobblestones weren't quite the Carrefour de Labras and the Ture Dorenbergs of the world. Do you EU even have a squad squad strong enough to support him in, in Roubaix? Let's think about it that way as well. Uh they've just lost Matteo Trentin. Oh, it's back. Oh, back. He's signed with them. Yeah. Yeah, but Pollard's spring classics results haven't really been showing that much over the past two years. I think he'll do it, personally. I think that Piatra will win a Roubaix. If he, if he targets it, I think he, I think mm. he can do it. Because I think we're moving into a period in cycling where there's a lot of riders who aren't jack-of-all-trades. They're sort of 80kg, like, cobbled classic guy. Is sort of becoming less prevalent in a peloton. You're seeing a lot more of these Pagatresque riders who are about like ish 70 ish kilograms and they sort of do it all. So I mean, you're going to reach a point where you might have a very similar level of sort of top level rider who all have quite similar characteristics. And I think at that point, like, I think Pagatra could do it because I can't think of any like world, like world class beating cobble guys coming up. Maybe that person on Hagenens. I don't know. Maybe he'll be the kryptonite to, to Pagatra in the future. I don't know. But I, I honestly think that Pagatra, if he's allowed to target it, I reckon he could win. Rube. Yep. I really think he can. He's also like a bit of like a like a cycling nerd. Like he loves the sport, and yeah. I think he has a genuine like. Re- I hate the word respect. I think we almost like there's almost like a sort of fetish over the word respect in cycling. But like he really does respect the history of the sport and like all the sort of the 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 tradition and so forth. I think he'll he will probably just be like you know what I kind of want to go for it. I, I want to at least try to get all five. And if Jonas does just become so unassailable and we have this huge sort of gulf between the two that we saw emerging this year, that there is a bit of a chasm between the two at the Tour de France, then Pog could have more scope to be risky with with his calendar. Especially if you have, as you say, Patrick, like and now you saw Isaac Del Toro. I had sort of at the highest level to, to compete for the Tour de France. I mean, uh, yeah, he was talking about racing at Flanders. He just enjoyed the heritage, etc. And I mean, link that to Froome that famously didn't know what Liège, Baston Liège was. So, um, yeah, make of that. And Jonas, who didn't know what color the leader's jersey was, Toronto Adriatico. Yeah, okay, that was that was pretty bad. Anyways, we might as well move on. Uh, Gravel World Championships. Who thought we would be covering that here on the Echelon Cycling Podcast? Uh, Ewan famously moaning over... Well, I think it's fair enough. Uh, the women's weren't broadcast, which I think was absolute disgrace. But uh, yeah, Mate Morhic winning the women's. And yeah, what did you... Uh, yeah, Connor Swift, a Yorkshireman on the podium as well. Wat Van Aert crashing. What? I thought, I thought Wat Van Aert was going to come second. Isn't that what usually happens? <laughs> Just sees a rainbow and immediately silver medals mine. <laughs> I mean, I, I will be honest with you, I didn't watch it, but 
gravel racing is kind of. I, I think that I'm more intrigued in gravel racing because road riders do it. Like it's not just some. I don't know. Little gimmicky thing. It's kind of gaining a bit more notability in the peloton, I guess, if you want to call it that. The Emma Horwich, I think, honestly, yeah, fair play. The Emma Williams one was a bit annoying, but it wasn't broadcast. But Nivea Doma won that, didn't she? If I'm not, if I'm, if I'm yeah, not she mistaken. Did. Uh, Persico in second, the Demi Volering, Tour de France winner in yeah. third. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I quite like how the big names give gravel a bit of a go as well. I think that, you know, you may as well, you know. It's the end of the season. If you crash, it's the off season. Oh well, you know it'll be all right. I just think it's a nice little kind of bookend on the end of the season. So yeah, fair play to Mahorich and Nivea Doma. You know, Shapo doing that. Do you think we're ever going to see a, an actual gravel rider win the gravel world? Because I mean, it's just been road riders winning it, but but not like this yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Vermeersk last year and then this year with, well, in terms of the men's one, Vermeersk last year and then this year with uh, with Mohoric. But they're not like sort of their A list. I love Mohoric, but I think he's just on that B list of classics contenders. Just like on Van Remo winner. I know, but he's not quite Galactico level. I really like Mohoric and I'm a really oh, no. glad he won. Wait, didn't he win the Renewed Tour this year? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but like on a stage at the top, but not quite. Okay, fine. No, no, no. Okay, okay, but he's not like Ave Nepal, Van der Poel, Van Art level. You know, he's not a Galactico, but he's like still in terms of like who has won the men's road championships over the past couple of years. But it was also intriguing to see some riders that you just like. It was like a bit, a bit of a throwback. Paul Voss or Paul Voss, who used to ride for Bora Argon eighteen. Uh, like almost like 10 years ago he was uh he was up there in the leading group for a while cam mason from scotland um from linlithgow he was right up there as well um cyclocross racer youtuber as well uh, was right up in the frame and yeah it, it was cool to see see these guys hanging on to that front group and a mention for alejandro barberde who was also right up there in the top five of this race despite being 112 years old he can still be right up there in the world championships he's a gravel rider now although the gravel scene apparently <laughs> don't like the fact that he races the races there was roach as well <laughs> there was some yeah true there was some like silly controversy about um about him last year, was no, about him this year, wasn't there? Bob they like the gravel riders were annoyed that he was taking gravel racing too seriously. <laughs> and uh, they got annoyed. But I mean, Matty Mohoric, he ha has the pleasure of wearing the jersey that no one's going to see next year because the gravel races aren't televised. But he might be able, well, might be able to wear a rainbow jersey in the presence of Valtteri Bottas if he goes to one of these gravel World Series events, given that Valtteri Bottas shows his face every now and then in the gravel scene. Valtteri Bottas finished Formula One drivers uh, for our yeah. non-F1 fans out there. Maybe Mahoric gets to wear it for that one gravel stage at the tour next year if he goes. <laughs> Maybe. That would be good. If he does it, he, he can wear it. But we now know like who's going to go into that stage as the favourite. It's all going to be Matej Mahoric. Gravel World Champion, look out for him on this stage.
Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the one to look out for. In the same way, like whenever the there, there was a couple stage at the Tour de France, it's like you need to look out for the Paris Bay champion. It'll be the same thing with uh, Mohoric. Maybe as well, Strada Bianca, if he does that one, he should be able to wear his low jersey. Before we go on to uh, a little transfer ranking, but uh, there were also other races going on, not just Lombardia. We talked a bit about Tour of Turkey, where Jasper Philipsen took yet another win. Oh, here we go. Tour of Turkey. Okay. They officially changed their name because Turkey is trying to rebrand itself. But isn't it presidential <laughs> Tour of Turkey? then? I don't think it's called the presidential. Oh, it is still called the presidential cycling tour of Turkey. This is the 58th edition. But uh, yeah, it's it's moved because sadly, I mean, there was a terrible situation earlier this year where there was an earthquake oh, in Turkey, yeah, true, actually. Uh, or in Turkey, and it had to be moved um, from its normal slot in the springtime uh, to August, well, to October, gosh, to October time. Um, so yeah, not not an ideal way. Uh, for that race to happen, but just looking over into the results, we're recording on the same day as stage one. That was by Jasper Phillips ahead of Caleb Siritsa and Timothy Dupont in third. Dupont's a guy I think should really be moving up to the pro continental level next year, 35 years of age. Uh, he's had some pretty decent victories over the past couple of years. He's at the continental level now. I really thought he'd make the step up, so maybe this will be a advert billboard for him to to get a bit of a move up. I thought he did a few years ago, and then he kind of went down again. Well, he did, yeah. Yeah, but like he's still a decent rider. He is quite old, but still. I mean, Van Vilde won uh, Trevali as well. Um, that was quite exciting. Gran Piemonte as well. Andrea Bajoli uh, taking a second place as well at Il Lombardia. Who saw that coming? Apart from Ewan, who actually said that in January. <laughs> Uh, quite impressive. Uh, yeah, Paris Tours. I was a bit light down about this race. I watched it today. Sometimes it's a, it's a great race. And today it seemed like it was just a breakaway that wasn't quite brought back. And Laporte was the fastest of essentially what would have been the race or the sprinters. Yeah, I think you're right about Paris Tours. Sometimes it is just an absolute banger. And it's like one of, like you know, maybe like a top five race or top five one day race you should have watched that year and then like something like last year for example when Damar won like it was just, it's just like a sprint and you never quite know whether it's just going to be a kind of pretty standard sprint with some gravel in there or if it's going to be like an absolute kind of like attritional groups everywhere bikes are flung everywhere Lefebvre is protesting about gravel at the side of the road sort of like carnage and yeah this year was just one of those where the breakaway wasn't caught it's like a like a Roubaix in that sense where people want to be there but yeah it's just a yeah just a just a, like you say Scott it's just a bit of a wild one you never quite know what you're going to get out of Paratours so I'll, I'll tell you who would have won it Mate Mahorich Gravel World Champ that's who would have won it today I, honestly I'd, I've never even heard of a dude who won um, rides with Israel Premier Tech I'm like what? Where did yeah. this come from? And he's got an interesting story as well. Riley Sheehan, man with an Irish name, but he's from Boulder, Colorado, like many people uh, in the cycling world. I, I I kept seeing the name Sheehan pop around on Twitter, and maybe it's just my Rugby World Cup 
head right now, but he's one of like the top players for the Irish national team in rugby. So I, I was like, oh, people are just talking about the rugby player. I had no idea who this writer was. It turns out he, the guy who won Parry Tour was called Riley Sheehan. Um, he's 23 years of age. He's had a bit of a very atypical pathway into the sport. He was picked up by Israel Premier Tech at the middle of this year, but he's not riding for the next year. He's riding for the Denver Disruptors, which were mentioned a couple months back when we were making fun of Miguel Angel Lopez in America. Was it not Sergio Hanau that owns that oh, team? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah, he does have something to do with it, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he does. He's on, he, he's on the team. Um, Reinhard Janssen van Rensburg and Sergei Tverkov are also on that team as well. All-stars list at the moment. At the Denver Disruptors, but this guy Riley Sheehan yeah, no, is on Denver Disruptors. Yeah, and now he just he's just one parry tour, really disrupting affairs there. And he also he used to ride for the Saint-Jacent um, development team, the yogurt team that used to exist. If you remember them a couple of years back, um, so yeah, an interesting one for this guy who doesn't even have a contract next year in professional racing. He's he's going back to like whatever level. That squad is, but he did beat Superman Lopez earlier this year. So he defeated the god, the TT legend of Miguel Angel Lopez. So that does say a lot. We should have seen this coming from a mile off. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm ignorant for not knowing who he was. I mean, we might as well finish with a little clip of a different sort. Obviously, the transfer season is not concluded this year completely. Any Grandes, we're looking at you, but in terms of last year's transfers and performing this year who do you think has been the best transfer or is there anyone that really stands out for you obviously adam yates stands out podium finisher winner of a tour of romedy etc signing from ineos grandis to uae why did you let that happen ineos but uh, yeah anyone else we can throw in the hat or in the ring we have to throw in Adam. I mean, Adam Yates, yeah, as you said, third place of the Tour de France. He's had more Grand Tour stage. Well, he's had a, a Grand Tour stage win, yellow jersey stint as well at the Tour de France. It really is sort of a year to remember for him. Pretty neat, you must say. I'm going to throw one into the ring. Uh, that's more of a teammate one. Attila Valta. He's the most successful teammate of the World Tour this year in terms of like assists. Like he was on the team of the winning rider the most out of any other rider on the world tour this year. So that definitely ha- has to go down as something. I think he really stood out this year, Valter, as a rider who's definitely stepped up a level. He was good at Groupama, but this year he was so much more like present. Maybe it's a Hungarian national champions jersey, but you could see that he was definitely stepping up as, as a rider and as a world-class domestique. I really hope to see him next year at the Tour de France. Groves as well. It's a big one. Of course, he won a stage for Giro, won a lot of stages at Valter. So, you know, when you take a guy in and he's won grand tall stages over multiple grand tours in his kind of first year of a team, that's a, that's a hard one to look past as well. And uh, yeah, I think he really kind of fits in well at Halperson. They've got Vanderpool for the classics. Philipson kind of dabbles in the classics as well, but he's their premier sprinter. And Groves is just there as like this, a really reliable, gets over quite a lot of hills as well. You know, he's super reliable in that sense as well where they can send him to the other races where they don't want to send Philipson to kind of go and smash it. They can kind of send him, and he's very competitive. So I think Groves is a real good one as well. And also Sean Crow, actually, signed for Alpson. He was very good for their kind of classics campaign. Do you remember when Vanderpool had that mare off the back of Flanders, and he, like, solo dragged him back or something? I know Vanderpool didn't win that day, but I think Sean Crow has been... Quietly, quite uh, understated this year as well. This year, there aren't many sort of headline acts, but I think there's a lot of good 
domestiques. Um, one that went really under the radar, I was raving about him yesterday in Lombardia, Chris Harper, really stepped up this year, particularly at the Tour de France, moved across from Jembo Visma, and he was, he's been really influential in Simon Yates' success this year. Also looking towards like Tim Wellens, who got a number of big victories this year and was right in the mix for UAE. I know it feels like a while back since he was right up there, his allergy problems kind of disappears in sort of summertime, but He's, he's he's had a, a really strong year as well. Felix Groschaner, I think, for UAE, similarly jumped into that squad and played a really important role in the Tour de France and particularly in Paris-Nice uh, towards Pogacar winning those races. Elderman, Van Baal. Van Baal, I, I think definitely, in terms of Jumbo Visma, that definitely added something. Ru Costa is probably the most Ooh. surprising transfer when you think about it. We were kind of saying that, oh, well, he's not really done anything. In the last few years, he took a victory early on in the early Spanish one-day races, then won the Tour of Valencia in a very thrilling finish. And uh, yeah, then top 10 in Algarve, Drome Classic, finishing second there. And mm. I mean, the highlight was taking a welter stage win. And uh, yeah, fifth in Grand Piemonte this week. So, I mean, yeah. and you just said early on in, in the episode, he's not got a contract next year. Maybe he's priced himself out for next year. Yeah, maybe because he's, he's at this weird sort of point in his product life cycle now where he's uh, sort of revived himself at the age of, what is he, 36, 37. So, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to see where he's going to go in in the next year. Also, I mean, I just had another thought about, like, who do, you, who, do you, who do you think is the most underwhelming transfer of the year? What was one you were hoping more for? I mean, Richard Karp has an EF. He's had some decent success, but I was expecting a lot more from him. At least yeah, I would agree. Yeah. One UCI World Tour level victory this year. We haven't seen that. He came close to one, but missed out. Is anybody else coming to mind, really? Espacion for me, going to Trek. Not really. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's that's fair. Who else have we got? Ineos. Tierra and Aronsman was quite good. So don't want to put him mm. in the back. Yeah, Aronsman, especially the judo. Aronsman, yeah. the judo was, was absolutely fantastic. You've got to point that one out. But see, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm still struggling on that one. Christoph, he he did take a stage window, and are you not at the world tour level? Oh, <laughs> for me, that's a big deal. It has to be he a world win a tour stage. He didn't win a tour stage, but but no, 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 but like like a world tour level win. I think that even if it's like a I don't know, like a renewy tour stage, that's still like it's a huge deal. But I don't know. I feel like I'm, I was a little bit let down by him. That's just me. I, I I'm picky. Chris, I keep thinking for like we're like oh, I keep thinking of riders who didn't transfer this season, but transferred last season. <laughs> I don't know what. Ooh, ooh, Jan Hit, my boy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good I was. One. So on board the Yan Hit hype train last year. Then he took that yeah. Judon stage, finished top 10 overall. And I was uber, uber excited for him to be like Remco Avenapol's right hand man. Just under delivered this year, I feel. I don't know why, but I'm trying to think of DSM riders. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um I don't I don't know why, but for some reason I just feel like they're the kind of team who really kind of go for like a big chunk of riders to bring in. And there's usually one or two who don't quite live up to the billing. Ruben Guerrero. Ooh. Mm. Won the Saudi tour, but do we... Yeah, he wasn't that great. Where even is he this year? Is he in Movistar? Movistar. Yeah, he man. was up there in a lot of Tour de France breaks. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, but but so, uh, so was like 
<laughs> like, I don't know. I'm oh, waiting. They're on. <laughs> yes, and Venantin Perron is, is, is a god. <laughs> He's fantastic. What are you talking about? Sana. Oh, for good, for good one. Not yes, yes, Pippa Tana, 100%. And one more good one. I know I'm messing this up completely. Uh, who was I thinking of? Eddie Dumba? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was Mark, like was Mark's pool a signing for this year? I don't think development projects can. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit far. He was within the team. Okay, fair enough. Was Tarling a signing for this year, or is that also... I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like children don't count. I'll put it that yeah. way. I feel, he's a person. It counts. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he, he can't buy alcohol that. in America. He's 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 not. He simply he simply doesn't it's, care. Is he writing in America? There's no more races over there. Thank this you. is a I'm, yeah. This is a near pro season for the Tartling, So it must be must be a signing. Third at Worlds, won a stage of Renewi Tour, joint youngest World Tour winner with Remco Avenapool. This could be it. I mean, that's, for that's the money you're paying. I'm pretty yeah. sure Adam Yates is on some big dollar or euros or whatever. Yeah. Josh Tarling is probably being paid by the Cadbury bar or something like that. Like, it's probably, I don't know why he's being paid, but I don't think you get paid a lot as Neopro. He's getting paid five tins of baked beans every week. Um, yeah, legit. This year, we, we haven't even spoken about Jay Vine as well. Another good transfer. I think a lot of, a lot of the good yeah. transfers this year are definitely... Uh, Definitely teammates rather than the headline acts. I, I reiterate my point. Anyways, with that, we might as well come to Rider of the Week. And uh, is anyone going to go for Tadavikacha? That's the big question. Who is your Rider of the Week? My Rider of the Week is Andrea Bajoli because I think that he's finally lived up to the hype, which I think was formed around him like three years ago. And he's like, he's done it. He got his win, monument podium. And yeah, honestly, can't wait to see what Lidl Trek do with him next year. I think that's going to be a real good kind of matchup. So yeah, fair play with Bagioli. For, did, did he, he literally came first, second and third the last kind of races that he's done. So that's pretty insane. Okay, I'm going to go for Per Strandhagenaz. Not what Van Aert. He took away race as well. I'm going for Per Strandhagenaz. Same team. Oh. <laughs> Sad times. Because um, I don't know if, if you guys saw the Munsterland Giro uh, finish, but he was like ahead of everybody. And I think he thought there was one more lap left of the race and he carried on racing. It's like he came across the finishing line. And like you, usually it's the other way around. People think the race is, like, is over one lap before the end. Pierre Hagen is like comes through like across the finishing line, like he like he's won the race and he keeps riding. He probably thinks he has another lap to go. And the fact that he was ahead of an elite group, including so many big names, uh, he was 17 seconds ahead of them, and he still had the energy to go for another lap of the circuit. It's it's just phenomenal. And that kid is only 20 years of age, born in 2003. Um, he's technically a Jumbo Visma development rider. But he's a he's a development rider who's beaten a lot of world tour talent at the at the Munsterland Giro. So for me, it's going to be the Norwegian Per Strandhagenes. Damn Norwegian, so talented. They're going to destroy the Danish golden generation. I can see it coming very soon. I'm not going for Tadogacha. 
I'm going for Fedorov, who is the new Asian champion, Asian Summer Games champion, even though it was in October. Uh, he beat a podcast favorite, Aleti Lutsenko, into first place. So, um, yeah, who would have thought that coming? See is that this, coming. Is this the one where, where they get to wear the jersey? I'm not sure. Because the Asian champion, I think Fedorov was the Asian champion. Probably. It sounds familiar. It's like a rainbow band, but with spaces. Yeah, yeah I think it is. I, think I can't. I can't believe your Rad Ruik is is the person who beat the. Is that treason? <laughs> treason. But it, it's, it literally is treason. This is this isn't gonna stand. <laughs> it's a big week for for favorites coming second. Gleb Sirots a second as well. It's, <laughs> it's is there gonna be a week where you don't Jerry name him? And then I mentioned <laughs> Gleb every week. He's my boy. We need Look a t-shirt. Glimp. Literally. I need him. I need him across races of this race. <laughs> Fedorov was actually uh on was he under 23 world champion back in last year? Yes, he was. Yeah. So I feel like that went so under the radar. That did go under the radar. So uh, well, we're bringing it up to the radar now. So just a year late. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, he's at the presidential cycling tour of Turkey, Turkey. So, uh, Turkey, please. Okay. They have they pumped so much money into changing their name. Respect it. And here I am, just destroying it. Anyways, that's it for this 37th episode. As always, make sure to comment down below what you thought of this cycling week. Is Taragacha the greatest cycling of the modern era? And if you haven't already, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. And if you haven't already, give us a five star review on Spotify because uh, we need that. So uh, with that, thank you very much for watching and we will see you next week.